You're watching the Mondays with Midja podcast. Midja is founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specializing in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midja and her guests talk all things life, love, and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. Now in the studio today, I have Jody Robinson, who is a business life and wellness coach. And I want to welcome Jody into the studio today. Hi Midja. Lovely to have you Jody. Now, before my guests come into the podcast studio, I do a little bit of Googling and, um, you know, stalk them on, on LinkedIn and through websites and find lots, I found lots of gorgeous images of you and a, and a video, the Women of Influence video as well. But tell me something about yourself, a few things about yourself that I wouldn't have found out with my Google search. So I guess what you wouldn't have found out is that I speak four languages I speak Japanese, Spanish and Flemish because I used to live in Japan, Chile and Belgium. Wow. Three different times. I the, Probably the most fun, interesting job I've ever had was I was a golf caddy in Japan, which was hilarious. And I also taught English in Chile to the Chilean Navy. Right, so where's yeah. the what, favourite place to – I know you're on the Gold Coast now, but yeah. if not the Gold Coast, is there another favourite spot for you – uh, that you've lived in? Tokyo. Tokyo. I love Tokyo. If I could go and live in Tokyo tomorrow, I'd be there. Why is that? Oh, it's just fabulous. It's, I mean, I'm from Melbourne mm-hmm. and I, so I'm a, definitely a city girl and Tokyo is just like the ultimate city. Like the best Italian food I've ever had is in Tokyo. Oh, my goodness. The best Nepalese food, Afghan food. Like it's amazing. It's so much fun. Um, you can go, you, you'd be out on a Saturday night and then you're just walking the streets of Tokyo or Osaka, this is the same as well, and you'd be walking in little back streets and then you'd hear some music and you'd end up in like a, a little jazz bar or a piano bar. Next week might be an acid jazz bar or whatever. Like there's just so much happening. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so Jenny, tell me a little bit about what you do, what you do now um, in, in work life. So I have a couple of different businesses, um, but at the moment my focus is definitely um, on building my coaching business. Yes. So I'm a business life and wellness coach and currently taking undertaking master coach studies as well right. and writing a book and um, yeah, I have a, an online health and wellness business as well, which I love, which I've done for 15 years. And, yeah, I love learning. I love studying. That's something about me. If I'm not studying, I get bored. So I'm just, okay. like, constantly studying and learning. Yeah. Hence the languages and the, yeah. the travel and everything like that I think like it's my number well. one value when I did one of those values. Oh, I've yes. done lots of those values tests, but the one that always comes up for me is love of learning. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. And, I mean, this is a, a podcast about leadership and I often say that leaders are lifelong learners. Leaders are readers and you never yes. arrive as a leader. That's my big thing is that you, you've got to constantly develop and learn. And I think if you do that and then you're leading by example, then your team will as well. Yes, mm. absolutely. So tell us about, I know you're, you say your, your work as a coach mm-hmm. and where people are at, I suppose, at the moment in their life, in business, 
some of the key points that you're hearing or some of the advice um, that you're working through with clients at the moment? Are there particular themes or particular issues you're seeing that, that are coming up right now? Absolutely. I think it's been a tough couple of years, but I feel like we're back and we're, you know, people are excited again. But one of the pieces of advice that I seem to be giving in all my businesses and just in all situations at the moment would be to assume best intentions. People are doing the best they can with the resources that they have and to see things from others' perspectives. I think when, you know, if I have a friend or a colleague or whoever it is or a family member, if someone comes you know, comes to me with a problem, they tend to come to you when you're a coach like people like. <laughs> yes. And I love that. That's fine. It's always been like that anyway. Um, I seem to be giving that advice a lot at the moment is just, just assume best intentions of yourself. You know that you had good intentions um, and just assume others do as well. And um, I think that just alleviates a lot of angst and a lot of conflict unnecessary conflict I think and I also think another one that's been really big at the moment is um, separate the controllables from the uncontrollable I remember I remember I got this from I'm a big tennis fan I love tennis I played tennis my whole life and um, competition tennis and watching Rafael Nadal and Ash Barty this year both of them I think I can't remember which one of them said it I think it was Rafael Nadal and he said yeah separate the controllables from the uncontrollables and just focus on what you can control mm. and nothing and the rest doesn't matter just focus on what you can control and don't worry about the rest and you can apply that to life love leadership all of all of your topics that you're yes. talking about and then the other one that I love that's been a big one for me in the last couple of years I, I heard this about 18 months ago I think decision making's tricky especially for leadership but in life we have to make a lot of decisions as well. And I think uh, the way I apply, I, I apply this mantra to all my decision-making now, which is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Ah. So I love that too. I think that's really liberating. Yes, absolutely. Well, actually, we, my <laughs> girlfriends and I, we're applying that to shopping now. So yes. we were at Harbour Town on the weekend and Perfect. one of my good friends, Ruth, we were in Sass and Bide, which is one of our favourite stores at Harbour. We're so excited it's now at Harbour Town. And, you know, she tried on this top and, and she was like, yeah. She gave this sort of, yeah. And we're like, yeah, it's okay. And then we said that. We said, you know, if it's not that hell yes, if this yep. is not a, an outfit that you're going, I freaking love this, yep. this is, then, it, and, and we just left it. Yeah. We're like, so I, I love that from all well, areas shopping, of life. It's perfect. It's absolutely yes. perfect. One of my other rules for shopping is if I buy a pair of shoes, I have to get rid of one. Because then I'm not, then I'm not you know hoarding yes (laughs) I love I often I use the shoe closet analogy with leaders around they have to stop doing the work that they used to do because often I find as leaders um, they still continue to play the expert and do the work they've always done and they just keep piling on more responsibilities and more duties and now more accountabilities and and they're stepping up but they're not letting go. So true. And I say to them, every time you step up, you have to delegate, you have to coach and mentor others to step into the space you've left behind. Otherwise, the gap becomes too large and it's like your shoe closet yep. is you just keep buying more shoes and you open the closet up and it's just it's out of control. Yeah, yep. I think that's really interesting. 
I agree. I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, great leadership, I think great leadership is defined by how many other leaders, good quality leaders you have in your organisation. Absolutely. I also think that, yeah, it's important to let go and delegate. And then when I think a great, like, when one of my leaders is spreading their wings, it's like letting go of a child. Yes. And sometimes that's really hard, but you've got to know that just like a child, if they're off in the world doing great things, that's a leader just needs to know that too, that if the person, you know, that they're leading is off and they can do it, mm. um, you've done your job as a leader. But I also think in leadership, if the, can I just keep going on leadership? Of course, go for so it. So I also think that with leadership it's really important to be in the trenches and leading by example. They're yes. two big things for me as well. And that's a little bit different from, you know, piling all, all the work and doing it. I know what you're saying. You've got to you've got to recognise this is where as well – oh, I love this. This is where as well that, um, you know, yeah, you, you, you've got to apply all – like all those matrices I talked about, I think you can apply to this situation as well as assume best intentions and know that, you know, people are, are capable and you've got to – let that go. You've got to assume best intentions of yourself. And when you um, delegate properly to leaders and they, yeah, they, they're, they're able to um, continue with what you've set out but also have their own skills put on there. And when you can recognise different personalities, different perspectives, different, different skill sets and you delegate to all those different people, it all comes together. Yes. Yeah, so what's been um, some other lessons in leadership that you've learned? And maybe you've learned the hard way. Um, you know, so we, um, we often talk about leader shit, which is, you know, it's shitty lonely. things we've done as leadership leaders. Leadership yeah. can be really lonely, I think. If you do, like you were saying, if you do ho- keep everything and you try to do it, if you try to do it all, it's it's really, really hard. But when you when you do delegate and people take responsibility for certain projects or certain things, I find leadership comes together Mm. more. But I do think, yeah, I think there's no place for ego in leadership. I remember when I hit a certain level in my business and, you know, you think you've arrived as a leader and I think that's when problems happen. When you think you've arrived, you never arrive as a leader. I think you've always got to be learning, always got to be growing. Um, And I think the bigger the leader you are, the further along in your leadership journey you are the bigger the problems that will come and the bigger the test for your ego too Mm. does that make sense oh absolutely absolutely and I you know I often um you know I say to leaders that often people are always looking at you um even if you're not even aware of it Mm. you know they're watching and they're interpreting everything um I remember being at the Disney Institute in Orlando and they have a – it's like a Disney university, if you like, for Disney staff and they run external programs. I was there for an external program and they showed us like behind the scenes where uh, they call them cast members. Everyone that works at Disney is just called a cast member, not an employee but a cast member and – uh, where the cast members come in and they have lockers and they get changed for – you know, beginning work on in one of the Disney parks and before they walk out onto the park, there's this big sign saying, you know, you are now on stage. 
And so as they walk through that door, they know that then they're Disney and, yep. and they're leaders yep. and they're on show. And, you know, it, that's, a, that's a tough gig for leaders. I, I get that, that that can be tough. But um, it is the fact that people are watching and observing. And, and I think also it's about being in the arena like Brene yes. Brown talks about. I think there's two parts to that. You have to be brave. You have to have courage as a leader and you have to let go of what other people think of you and you can't, you, you're never going to please everyone. You just have to let that go. Yes. You just have to let it go. But part of being in the, in the arena is also being the brave one, leading first, getting out there, being on show like you said, but it's also about having the tough conversations. I I think of it like John C. Maxwell. We all love him. He's mm. the lead, you know, the leadership guru, and he says you've got to be you've got to be a candid but caring leader. So I think that's really important. And part of being a candid and caring leader is getting in the arena and having the guts to have those really honest conversations with people because sometimes you you know something will happen and you'll go oh you can just let it slide. But if you let it slide, are you, you know, there's a, there's, there might be a lesson for that person to learn mm. and they might not like you in that moment, in that conversation, but when they walk away, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful she, she well, like we had that, that happened because I've had, you know, you, you know, when you have mentors and leaders that give you those little wake-up calls, in the, I remember in the moment your ego's a little bit bruised and you're like, oh, that hurt. But then you walk away and you go, oh, my gosh, that was – I'm so glad they kicked me in the butt. Yes. I'm so glad that we had that conversation because then you – it's a lifelong lesson then. Oh, absolutely. And I remember, um, you know, being in the law firm for a very long time and there were decisions made that didn't go my way for promotions or whatever opportunities. And at the time I was like, how dare they – I cannot believe they don't think I'm ready to be partner. And then, you know, it didn't take long, you know, maybe a few months, a year or so, and I look back and now I look back and go, oh, my goodness, of course, you were so great. Who did you think you were? And But at the time, you know, the feedback cuts through. Yep. Um, but it yep. was absolutely what I needed and there was a whole lot of work I needed to do. Mm before yeah. stepping into yeah. some of those positions. Yeah. So, Jodie, why do you think – because like, these are conversations I have all the time with very senior, accomplished leaders uh, who sometimes uh, have to make really tough calls, but these, these conversations with the people in their teams and some of these, you might call them courageous conversations, still they struggle with that. Um, so, you know, apart from, from just doing it, and I guess the key message you've gave around, you know, assuming best intentions first, any other tips around, um, you know, dealing with issues we might have in the team, yeah, giving that type of feedback, now what's worked for you? Well, I guess, um, it's never having the conversation in front of others and, you know, that book, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Like it's my Bible. It's my one of my favorite reads. Um, You know, never making anybody feel small in front of other people is, you know, so important about where you have the conversation and how. And I think it's also about, you know, that old cliche saying of, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and building the relationships. When you have great relationships with your team, 
and you build rapport and trust, then it's those conversations, you can have them. You you, You shouldn't have a problem with having them. But if you don't have that rapport and you don't have that trust with your team, it's going to be a lot tougher. Yeah. And it's a little bit around all of that work you do with a team or, or, or so, you know, people that you work with, even when things are going really smoothly and things are going really well. But as you said, building that rapport and that connection and that trust so that when things are not going so well, You've got that emotional bank account and all of that currency there that you can come in and, and have the conversation that needs to be had. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, and also knowing yeah, team culture, building all of that is just that, – that's key to all of mm. – and that's some key tips, to – Some tips around that culture building for you? Oh, bringing the fun. Uh, yes. Bringing the fun. Well, yeah, There's you're a enough. ray of sunshine. Like they're just bringing Jody. the fun and the positivity and – Building people up instead of tearing people down. Like, you, yes, you've got to have the honest conversations, all of, these, all of those things, but, you know, make people feel good about themselves and empower people. Empower yes. them and don't think you know everything. Let other people take responsibility for, you know, things as well. That's, you know, connected to what we were saying before. But I also think that it, it's really true that um, great leadership, it's, it's easy when things are good. Yes, but great leadership is even more important when things are, when things are tough, and we've all had tough times, you know, the last couple of years. Um, and I think that it's also knowing, like, just and reassuring your team that when when they are in the pit, that that is where the biggest growth happens, and you don't know it at the time, yes. but until you've been in the pit. When you on the other when you're out of the pit, that's when you're like, yeah, this is what I learned from that. And it's not about you know that toxic positivity or any of that. It's not about yep. that. It's not about you know pretending. Course, that it's not about pretending. And of course, there is yep. a silver lining in every situation. And but the silver lining is that the growth that you learn from the crappy times. Yes, and you are going to have really hard. I mean. You are going to have really hard times in life, love and leadership in yeah, all areas. Absolutely. And it's okay to feel the feels and, you know, be in the pit but don't stay there. Mm. Just get yourself, know what are your things, what what do you need to do to, A, protect your energy. Like you've got to have – as a leader, you've got to have energy. For me, that's the number one thing. You've got to have so much energy and stamina. And so what do you do to protect your energy – so what I mean by that, for example, is obviously looking after your health and, you know, what's your, what do you do for joy? What do you do for fun? What brings you energy? That's really important because if you're putting on your oxygen mask, as they say, you can help everybody else. Yes. Um, and what it, when you've been in the pit, what did you do to get yourself out? So next time you are in the pit, you remember those things yes. that you did. Because how – and, and – uh, personally for you, Jodie, because I know, you know, the energy you bring to, you know, every interaction and, and your work and what's that look like for you? Like insofar as like routine-wise or a cadence you have around keeping it's, up that it's energy? It's really simple things. Um, it's, um, you know, making sure that I get enough sleep. 
Yes. Um, looking after what, you know, I follow the 80-20 rule with what I eat. You know, 80% of the time I try to be pretty clean with my eating and then 20% of the time I can do what I like. Yes. Um, it's, you know, cutting down processed sugar, drinking plenty of water, um, you know, cutting down on alcohol has been a big one for me <laughs> <laughs> and that's made a really big difference. Um, yes. Meditation at the start of the pandemic I, you know, I've definitely suffered from anxiety in the past and I'm prone to that. And um, meditation has li- has been life-changing for me. And when I start to get that overthinking or waking up in the night and not being able to go back to sleep, it's, okay, I need to get back to meditating daily. That's made a big difference for me. And also just doing big brain dumps, just getting it out of your head and getting it onto paper and your to-do lists and, your, you know, just moving forward in, in that way, just simple things. And also reducing multitasking. I think it, you're so much better to focus on one thing, one task, get that done properly, like from that book by Gary Keller, The One Thing. Yes. So any, you know, massive multitaskers out there listening to this, if you want to learn to focus on one thing, you need to read that book. Um, but if, when you're multitasking on too many things have all these notifications and I've switched all my notifications off as well on my phone and that made a really big difference so that when I am um in flow when I am in in the space of you know getting something done in flow then I'm not being distracted yes I think that's really important yeah it was so funny I went to the movies for the first time on the weekend in about probably six or seven years so I'm not a I'm not yep. a movie person. I just feel I don't know why, but I have this thing of I feel like it's a waste of two hours of my life. I don't know why, but just doing the one thing seems like a waste. Mm-hmm. It's just craziness. And yeah, I, I did think, oh my goodness, like I'm watching something and I'm not on my phone. Or I'm not also reading, or Fully I'm not present. also cooking, or I'm not also because Everything I do all day, I'm, you know, thinking I'm multitasking, which I'm just microtasking and just like, you know, shuffling from one to the other and using a whole lot of brain space that makes me very tired by the end of the day. Um, but certainly I find that this this technology piece and just the busyness, right? Yep. The busyness of, of life. And I know you wear lots of different hats. I do. So... Yeah, some interesting points there around how we can actually be where our feet are do you know and the to most, be present. Do you know one of the most profound things I've I've realised in the last two years is the power of the pause. So if you literally just pause for a moment, you you just watch all the creativity flood into your brain even more when you do be in flow and allow yourself to be in the moment. Mm. yeah and if when you stop multitasking wearing because I I do I wear a lot of hats like you yes and I just try to wear one or two hats at a time yes instead of all five all the time lay it on top of each other (laughs) yeah I separate my time and I separate and I go right today's hat is this and then if the other hats float into my mind I go no that hat's for this time and I I let him pop out again yes I love that about you know getting everything out of your head yeah as well because I think many of us, I know particularly many of our, our listeners are people that, you know, may have, may be employed, they may be having some side hustles, yep. a lot of them have, you know, mm-hmm. family responsibilities and lots of other stuff going on as well. Um, 
and yeah, being able to get it out because it's all floating around in their head. That anxiety piece that we spoke about, that yep. overwhelming piece, yep. a lot of those words that I imagine you hear as a business and life coach time. as well. All the time. And, you know, that one of the big tips for, for your listeners for reducing overwhelm and getting it out of your head is like, you know, doing a big brain dump regularly. Like yes. every Sunday I do a big brain dump and I have a separate sheet of paper or a page in my notebook for each hat that I wear. So I just have big to-do lists and then it's out of my head and then every night I do another brain dump before I go to sleep so that when I wake up in the night I'm not being awoken by those thoughts. It's out of my head. I love that because as we're sitting in the podcast, I'm like, practical tip. yeah, I'm thinking about the car needs to go in for a service and then I need to ring the doctor back Get for that appointment head. and all of that is running around. I love that. And then it probably impacts the, the, the quality and depth of your sleep Absolutely. as well. Massively, massively. So I still wake up, you know, in the night sometimes, but I don't – I go straight back to sleep now instead of lying awake going, oh, my gosh, all these things going on in your head. So that's the advice I've been giving my clients too and it makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Yeah. That little – yeah, that little brain dumping. Yeah, love that. Okay, Jodie, as we've spoken about, this podcast is also about love and I am on a bit of a mission to find big love. I love that. I, f- I feel like it's oh, my time, I think. Oh, so, I, you know, and at some point in this podcast I really want to um, announce and shout to the world about this wonderful love story or take my listeners through the journey of the love story. <laughs> It, yeah, so I've taken a bit of a dive, but it is winter. I do tend to go into a little bit of hibernation during winter. It's nice. Um, it's nice. Hibernating is fun. Yeah, I think I'm – so I'm I'm just getting stories and advice. So come spring, I'll be – I'll spring out there into mm-hmm. the love life that again. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about love in your life, Jodie, and, and your kind of love story, if you like. Well, I'm, I'm an all-in person. I'm an all in. Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm such an all in. So my big advice for you, Midge, is just be all in, baby. That's yeah. my first thing. Um, so, oh my gosh. So my love stories are serendipitous, absolutely. Okay, so, tell us about um, that. My first, I was married um, in my twenties yeah. to I elo- I was on a scholarship at university in Tokyo. And I got eloped to my first husband who was from Chile. We were both on scholarships. Ha- oh, so, so you government. met there? You we met, met working there. We there? were studying at, studying at university. Oh, wow. doing did you know straight studies. away? Did you know? Did you have a feel that, that he was like the one early on in your well, relationship? Well, one month. So, yeah, we, we – it, it was – one of those love, just blinding love moments. Wow. So I'm really lucky to have had that twice in my life. Like I'm okay. so, 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 so lucky. But where it gets, where the funny story is, so my parents, they're both in heaven now, but my parents, um, they met when my dad was, he, he was coming home from, um, he was on his way home from Vietnam. He was a Vietnam veteran. He was okay. conscripted. Anyway, he was on the train coming back from Darwin and he met my mum. They were engaged in a month, married within six. Wow. So I rang my dad from Tokyo and I said, Dad, do you remember how you and mum met? 
yes, Jodie, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, well, um, I've just got engaged and I'm getting married. So I eloped in Tokyo, <gasps> my poor family. So that was the first so, time. So and we were married long? for five years. Okay. And then that didn't work out. And then um, he ended up passing away from leukaemia um, a few years ago. And um, my now husband, and that's in my next serendipity story that I have to tell you, but yes. my now husband, he shaved his head to raise money to bring my ex-husband's wife over from Chile while he had leukaemia treatment. Okay, I'm just trying. I'm just processing that, so Jodie. Isn't that beautiful? So for me, that's love is wow. an act of kindness. So for me, yes. love is really you know an act of kindness. But so my now husband, our story was we were working. Um, we used to work in the hotel business, so we were working and colleagues, and we got set up. We got match made. So his marriage fell apart. My marriage fell apart, and then. We were just friends at work and we're going through heartbroken, just heartbroken, yes. not wanting to go home, all the rest, yes. you know, stay till whatever hours. So we got match made that some some friends of ours said, um, will you come to Tom's? He's invited you. And they said to me, I said to him, oh, can we bring Jodie Yeager? Anyway, I walked into his apartment for the first time that night and I had this feeling, this wash come over me that I'd walk, that I'd come home. Wow. It was like a Gwyneth Paltrow moment. Like I literally yes. walked into that apartment and we had only ever been friends until that moment and then I walked into his apartment and I knew I'd come home. And that was our, that was it where we were um we both we fell in love that night. Yes. And yeah. So that then you'd found out that he had the other story was that just a connection piece that you didn't know that he brought your ex-husband's oh no so that happened later sorry that happened later sorry. that okay. happened later so we'd been married and had a child and everything yes and then my ex-husband moved back from chile to australia to get some treatment for his right. leukemia yes and when that happened we um we all right we all yeah, we were raising money to bring his wife over so she could be with him, Isn't his that new beautiful? wife, so that she could be with him while he had his treatment. And my ex-husband and brother-in-law both shaved their heads oh. to raise money for him, yes. yeah, for, for his wife to come over. And for me, that shows it's a beautiful example of love. It's a beautiful act of kindness. And it's a beautiful example of putting your differences aside and egos and you know, the past is the past yeah. and forgiveness, all of those things. All of those things. Like I don't know what so I would hard. do if if I hadn't have – because, you know, things were – it didn't end well between my ex-husband and I and, and my late ex-husband. And But we had put all of that – we'd forgiven each other and put all of that aside. And when, so when he passed away, I'd had closure and yes. forgiveness. Yes, yeah. I love that. It's often, uh, I don't know about you and your experience with this, I've found, uh, obviously I'm divorced and been divorced about seven years now. It's an interesting thing because often my ex-husband, of course, we see each other every week because, you know, we've got children together and so forth. And oh, I just find it, I don't know, interesting is not the right word, but it's just, a, I'm just going to throw interesting as a word there, that we 
we were so close, yeah. you know, like for 20 years yeah. and and the birth of three children and just our each other's world for 20 years. And now there's such a, hello, hi, how are you doing? Good, do this. It's You know, obviously it's very transactional now. But there is, there's sometimes I just catch myself looking at him or, you know, particularly if he walks away with, you know, one of the kids into the car or I often it's, it's, yeah, something I think about a lot. I just go, wow, just the change in the relationship and the feeling and, yeah. and all of that. And, um, yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of um, huge animosity or there wasn't a, a huge moment for us. It was kind of, you know, just a series of small things and circumstance and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, certainly I'm in the space of, wishing them him and his new wife and all that wishing them well and yeah. and all of that because i think oh, that would be a lot to carry around if it's you were still lot. angry and and resentful and you know all of that and all of those feelings of you know it's like drinking the poison yourself and and hoping that it impacts them it doesn't they get on with their lives and that choice piece, I guess. Yeah. What What did you say before around what you can control? Yeah, focus on what you focus on yeah. what you can control. Yes, and not, not, and forget about the rest. But yes. I think it's a completely different dynamic when you've got children. We didn't have kids. Yes, um, but but I think it's even more important that you're able to do that to show the children. You know, and it is sad. You've got to grieve that loss. You've got to grieve. You know that that you know and. On one hand, it's sad because you have to grieve the relationship, but then on the other hand, you go, no, we rocked it for 20 years. Yes. We were, we were awesome. Yes. And we're good mates now and good on you. I think that's really, really wonderful that you can do that and show that example for the kids. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a tough one. And I think for a, for a lot of people, um, you know, particularly with kids, you kind of, like I feel, you know, a whole lot of guilt around not having the family unit and 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 how things work down and, and all of that um and I sometimes put the rose-colored glasses on which sometimes doesn't help sometimes like oh though. could I have should we have and some of my good girlfriends then you know that they, they, they life coach me a bit yeah yep. um and they go Midge remember remember what it was like, remember some of those feelings, remember what wasn't working. I'm like, oh, yes, I, I forget those things sometimes. You, you're only human, <laughs> so you are going to have those feelings and I've, I'm so glad you've got that support crew around you that can be, you know, you've got, you <laughs> yes. want to have that, the truth, you know, those, the being in the arena with you, right? Yes, You want to have those absolutely. friendships and it's really good that you have that. But I also think um, just you just mentioned guilt Yes. So on you know on the all those on the vibration scale of emotions, guilt is lower than guilt and shame are at the lowest, lower than yes. anger and all of those things. So you know you've you've had to go through that that process of change, and then guilt's going to be that last piece that you'll be able to let go let of. Go you've of. gone through the sadness, you've gone through the anger, and now it's just you're just going to let that go. Yes. Going to let that guilt go. And because, find yeah, big love, And Jody. you're going to find big love. I know it. There's going to be a serendipitous moment for you, Midge. I just know it. <sighs> yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. We just had a moment in the podcast <laughs> studio that we're going to share. 
Um, so I've had a couple of guests on this morning. Um, obviously, we've been talking about love. Jody rocks into this the studio here, was, was sitting um, at the table. And in that moment, I got a text from a fellow who I dated uh, pre-pandemic. So what would that be, 2019, around that, that sort of time? And out of the blue, I have not spoken to him. There, there was a, a situation with a group of friends, his group of friends and so forth. It's a long story. I'd have to do a whole podcast on that, on that piece. But it didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, and I just got a text from him. As we're sitting here, as, and Jody had goosebumps. It was just a very, you know, text of. I mightn't say too much in case he yeah. listens to the yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, but it's just those moments. It's and those moments happen to me all the time, Jody. It's the best. We're just My cheeks I'm are hurting talk, from smiling yeah, so hard. I'm talking about something, <laughs> and boom, it happens. Or um, I'll be talking about like a, an old a old colleague or something or an opportunity I'd love something I'd love to do, and then boom. What you focus on grows, right? You are yes. your thoughts. Your thoughts are your results and you're just, that's, you're an example of that. Yeah. My cheeks are hurting from grinning for you, Midge. So let's watch <laughs> this space, so people. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jody, we end the podcast mm-hmm. um, with talk, talk about like, you know, a uh, message from the universe Okay. with uh, these little cards that I bring to like, coaching and mentoring and workshops and everything and I'm going to get you to choose one of them so I have two boxes today I have carpe diem or dream which box do you want to choose from from your for your message from the universe 100% dream because dream. my, my um, business is dream big it coaching, is so of course. I'm a big dreamer I have my whole life let's uh we'll get Jodie to pick a card and see what the message is yeah there we go so you pop open the front Oh, yep. So it's a little pop open. Let's see what it says. Oh, I love this. Nurture your mind with great thoughts. Oh, love that. Great thoughts, mindset, all of this good stuff we've been talking about. Jodie, it's been absolutely delight to have a chat to you in the podcast studio. I've uh, I've taken so much away. I've learnt lots about you that I didn't know as well, so I always love that. Where can people find you, connect with you, best places yes so i'm probably more active on instagram and facebook i'm definitely um you know need to get into the linkedin space a bit more and it's and Um, jody with an i isn't it yeah jody with an i so jody robertson coach is my instagram handle um and jody robertson on facebook and um i have a website dream big coaching that's my bit my coaching business and i'm also um very active for women of influence and um, my Arbon business and my family and my friends. And, yeah, I wear lots of different hats. <laughs> Love that. Thank you so Thank much, Jodie. It's been a pleasure. And this is a wrap uh, for our podcast this week. I hope you have a fabulous week ahead. I hope you go out there and you sprinkle your magic and your sunshine in life, love and leadership. I'm Midja and thank God it's Monday. We trust you enjoyed this episode of the Mondays with Midger podcast. Host Midger Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach and facilitator. To find out more about Midger, 
visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Ninja Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share and leave a review.